welcome to New Zealand Vegan Podcast, episode 60. I have a very, very special guest on the show today. I've talked before about cats, plant-based diets, animal-free product diets for cats, and um, I don't know um, a huge heck of a lot about it. I've related my own experiences briefly, so I have a very special guest, Diane Ellis, who's the spokesperson for Veggie Cat, which is, by the sounds of it to me, the best cat food out there, and um, she is um, was recommended to me by James Peden, who is the creator and owner of Veggie Cat, and she has cats that she is going to tell, talk to us about, she's going to talk to us about all her experiences, and um, also her history, I know that she's been a vet tech, and that she's had experience with working in um, shelters for many years, and, 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 and things like that, so I'm very honored, and it's an absolute pleasure to have her on, welcome to the show, Diane. Hi there, how are you? I'm good, how are you? I'm great. <laughs> Fantastic. So if you could just give us, um, just for the, for the sake of people who haven't met you before, just tell us a little bit about your background, how you managed to get involved, and how you are now the spokesperson for Veggie Cat. Um, I, uh, basically, I got involved with feeding vegetarian uh, meals to my pets because, one, I'm a vegetarian, and I also started uh, with a cat, Tomato, who I got as a kitten, and within a very short period of time, he was showing severe signs of cystitis and um, a urinary tract infection that's common in cats that are fed um, uh, commercial cat um, food products, but also with cats who have hereditary in uh, small urethras, which Tomato had. Um, and he was forming crystals and had to get a catheter put in several times um, and eventually had several operations. And after I had gone through many, 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 many different types of commercial pet foods without success of him continuing to have crystals in his urine, um, I started to um, make homemade uh, meat meals for him, which helped a little bit, but still he was having issues. And then when a friend of mine um, told me about James, James Peden and his company, um, Veggie Pet, it's called How Harbingers of a New Age, and switched Tomato and all my other cats over to the vegetarian pet meals, Tomato started to have remarkable results, but not only in his remarkable results of not having any more urine crystals, but also the fact that they started to get you know, extraordinarily healthy. They lost um, what we call kibble bloat. Um, they lost a lot of weight. Their coats were nice and shiny and healthy. They weren't greasy. And uh, they didn't have the bad breath, and uh, their their health was just remarkable. Um, and after that, I I started to do a lot of research, um, spoke with James Peden many times, and we've now become very good friends. And um, and now my whole life purpose, along with helping people understand animal psychology of all different breeds and interspecies relationships, but also to help people realize the atrocities of commercial pet food and what it's doing to our animals. Um, and I want to make a difference in the world for them and for the animals that have to endure such horrible suffering to become um, food for our animals and for humans. Fantastic. That sounds wonderful. I have a comment about um, what you said about tomato, but when you say the thing about, um, because I'm, I'm sort of... Um, I'm fighting against this. There's a lot of misinformation out there, and this is regarding humans. Um, vegetarian, you mean vegetarian as in vegan. Because the thing is, vegan. yeah, because in New Zealand, right. vegetarian means somebody who eats, literally can meet somebody who eats chicken flesh. I'm not kidding you. So I'm just qualifying I'm just qualifying that because um, I'm, yes. I'm fighting against uh, the sort of misrepresentation of the word vegetarian. Vegetarian should mean that you eat plant food, in my opinion, but it often doesn't. So I just wanted to say that. Now, it was very interesting what you said about tomato because the the biggest fear that people have, and it's even on like the um, harbingers of a new age or veggie cat, the veggie um, cat, and they also have veggie dog um, food website, is the danger of urine crystals when you're feeding your cat a um, vegan diet. And um, you were just telling us that you had this young cat, and I believe you said that he was under a year old when you first sort of met him, or he was, he was only a kitten or just turned a year old. Is that right? That's correct, uh-huh. And, and, you know, he was having terrible urinary issues, and it was switching him to this veggie cat diet, and we'll talk about how you did that and exactly what that means. And he's now, his urinary issues are gone, and not only that, he does have an incredibly small urethra to the point where the vet said even the catheter was causing scarring 
And yes. um, and so that's interesting to me. Can you talk a little about that? Because a lot of people are going to say, what? That's the exact opposite of what I've heard. Um, uh, when, um, when a cat normally blocks up from um, a urinary blockage, it, there's you know, several things that can be going on. Um, it's mainly um, they block up from crystals and it blocks their, their, their urethra and they can't urinate. Um, and the cat will show signs of straining in the litter box. He'll be scooting his butt across the floor. And, it, and with, it's a very, very dangerous and um, very painful condition. And if it's not relieved within, um, you know, 24 to 72 hours, the cat can literally die, and it's in a very excruciating way to die because actually what happens is the bladder actually bursts inside of him, the cat, and then the the um, the poison from the uh, uh, urine in the body will actually cause the cat to go into a coma and then eventually die. Um, but, yeah, it's it's a really horrible thing to have a cat go through. So So basically, you know, when, the, when a, a catheter is passed through a cat's urethra, as or in a human also, every time you move that tube in and out, you cause um, scarring in that tissue. And so you'll then even make that urethra uh, passage even smaller. So uh, you want to make sure, one, that the cat is put on a diet, which vets will recommend. And, uh, it, you know, usually they'll recommend a prescription diet. And the prescription diets are, again, commercial and um, and they uh, a lot of times will not relieve the problem that the cat is having. Um, and I've met many, many people, canceled many, many people with animals in this same predicament that Tomato's been in and um, and have have uh, gotten them onto the homemade diets. And they have been very successful and not having any of their blockages and having not to be on special uh, medications in order to keep the crystals from forming. Um, how, what else did you want me to go in on, on to that? Well, I wanted that, that the thing, the reason why I'm highlighting that is because in my investigations about taking the cats off even a homemade meat based, you know, even a homemade, completely homemade and, and supervised um, diets and, and going to a vegan diet, the issue of going to the vegan diet was the urinary crystal issue. It was like, you have to be really careful when switching the males to a vegan diet because they're going to, you know, a huge amount of them get urinary crystals and it's a very, so you're, so the opposite happened with you. You put him on the vegan diet and the urinary crystal issue went away. That's the exact opposite of what we're all hearing out there. And I'm sure I speak for many people listening to this who have thought about doing the um, vegetarian diets for their cats. I mean, vegan. Um, as so that that's why I'm saying it's astonishing. You're sort of like you're proving this sort of myth wrong. You're busting that myth. And well, I think um, that's tomato. Oh, hello, tomato. <laughs> um, uh, what what I what I what I have find a lot of is that there are some companies out there who produce a vegetarian kibble for cats. And yes. um, even the vegetarian kibble that some of these companies are making are still causing the same problems with the blockages, the crystals, the bacterial infections. So, so um, uh, uh, because I, I even tried those with tomato and they still didn't work. So um, those, those types of foods uh, are still not meeting the demands of what not only a cat that has cystitis problems, but a cat's nutritional um, needs uh, and requirements period no matter what you know what type of health situation that they're in um, so uh, it, it we we have to realize that when when kibble food is being made it doesn't matter if it's meat based or plant based it still has to meet some nutritional um, requirements and and a lot of the kibble uh, you know when it's it's cooked it's baked it's um, it, it, uh, and the, at high temperatures, um, and a lot of the stuff that they put into it, and um, the ingredients is that the animals need are cooked out of it. And then we have to remember too that kibble isn't a natural food product for an animal of dog or cat species, canine or feline. And um, so we have to remember that cats in the wild, and dogs in the wild, don't go out kill their their prey and then you know build a, a campfire and shoot over the fire you know on a skewer. So, so, you know, it's like, it's not, that's not, that's not normal food for their, for these animals. And plus a lot of people don't realize that when commercial pet food is made, it is enhanced with different oils, um, that may not be, um, and doesn't have to be legally, um, uh, labeled on the products. Um, and, uh, so there's a lot of that going on. Um, and because those are flavor enhancers that really make the food more palatable for the cat to eat. 
Um, and uh, a lot of animals get really hooked on that, actually addicted to the point where they won't try anything else, um, or ma it makes it really hard to get them to try anything else. Um, and then we have to remember, too, that a lot of these products sit, not only the, the finished products, but the ingredients they put in these products sit for months and months and sometimes years um, in warehouses and places. Um, so you're, you're looking at something that's so totally unnatural for an animal to eat. It's like if a person took their child to a doctor and they handed them a bag of dried food and a case of canned food and said, this is all your kid would ever need for the rest of their lives, don't worry about it, you'd say he'd be crazy. And well, you know, same thing applies to our animals. Good, good point. So let's talk a bit about, so that explains the, um, the urinary thing because that's often, a, a, that is something that keeps people from even attempting to feed, especially their male cats, a non uh, meat-based diet because they are th thinking that the, the, there's a higher risk of crystals if you do so. And you've just proved to us that with your cat, it was the opposite. It actually helped. And we can talk about why. Now, Tomato, you have three cats, yes. correct? Yes. Uh -huh. Tell us tell us their names and, and how they're all doing. I want everybody to know that we're speaking with someone who has three felines um, who are living with her who are of certain ages, and she can tell us they're all very healthy. They're all eating this veggie cat diet. She's going to tell us how she how she did it, the process she went through with tomato. But, you know, I don't meet a lot of people like you, Diane. Okay. Um, there's a guy in Australia who did a, a web, uh, who did a blog that I would love to have had on the show. And, um, you know, most of the time the stories out there are failure stories. So this is a wonderful opportunity for us to meet someone who's done it, who's done it right, and you can tell us how you did it and allay some fears. There are a lot of people who are opposed to even beginning to try your cat on this diet because of the fact that they there there have been stories of cats getting sick um and um, as you mentioned cats get sick on regular diets as well you know obviously a lot more so oh yeah so tell us a bit, a bit about tomato and what you went through to get him and how you how you managed to compete with this junk food out there with these flavors out there and and how long it took you to actually switch him okay um uh he was about probably a year old um when i started to make the um my my uh, homemade meat meals for him, and um, uh, he was still pretty addicted to the canned or the commercial food, and um, and so I would start to you know little by little I'd add the new and take out the old until I got him switched over to the homemade um, meat meal um, foods, which he did he did really well on. Um, but when I tried to switch him over to the vegan meals, he was a little bit more resistant to that. So. Um, I had to be persistent. I, um, some people suggest that you hold their food for a day but not their water and kind of, you know, let their normal appetite of being hungry come through. But sometimes, depending on what the animals have been used to eating um, and that, uh, that the processes that they go to to get the animals to eat it with flavor enhancers, they, they become so addicted that it's very, very difficult. And, and it, takes, it does take a lot of time. It took him approximately six months to switch over. Um, completely, and um, and now he, uh, you know, and I, and what I did is I, I uh, when I started to switch him, I started to look at different things that James also informed me of, and he also has on his website with different things that you can put on that food in order to entice them. You can use things like, you know, baby food that has um, butternut squash, um, butternut squash and corn combinations, any type of baby food that doesn't have onions in it. You want to make sure you never give your cats onions of any type, raw, cooked, or anything. And and then you can use even like some miso, but you have to use low sodium. And you can use like tamiani sauce, uh, it, which is really good. Again, low sodium. Um, you can puree any types of vegetables and add that, which is really great. Um, tomato started to really like, because I knew he liked um, corn and peas. He loves um steamed broccoli absolutely just will go bananas when he smells the broccoli steaming and it has to be steamed just right it can't be too soft and it can't be too crunchy or he won't eat it he's very particular um but all of my animals eat uh, love the steamed um broccoli just absolutely adore it and broccoli of course as most of us know um is very very nutritious in its little florets it's one of the most nutritious vegetables that are out there as far as supplying lots of really great minerals and vitamins and so you just you have to find something that they're interested in he loves fresh tomatoes he loves um shredded zucchini um uh summer squash um 
spaghetti squash. I mean, all kinds of different things that I found that he really likes. So I would add that to the food to make it more um, palatable to him and more appealing. And little by little, you know, he started to get interested in more stuff. And now he has other things that he likes. He likes, um, he loves cantaloupe, honeydew. Um, he loves fresh mushrooms. He loves avocados. Um, and so the list goes on and on. <laughs> all different types of, of um, when, when I cook my beans, he loves all different types from pinto to black to um, you name it, navy beans, uh, all different types of beans out there he loves. Um, rice combinations, I, I treat my pets to anything that I eat. And, and it's really fun to watch them um, see what they are interested in trying, um, new things. And I kind of put a like a gourmet uh, you know, dish kind of out of different things throughout the days for them to kind of pick and choose different things that they like. And diff you know, different things during each season is more available. So it's really fun to see what they like. And um, so when after he got switched over, which was... Um, my most difficult case. Then uh, along came a couple of other kitties that I uh, adopted from the shelter. One was a Razzie, and I got him when he was 10 weeks old. And he was—he's a white um, Oriental short hair mix. Um, he's born deaf, and he took actually to the vegetarian meals right away. Um, when I got him home, I basically uh, just put the meals out in front of him, and he had no problems eating it whatsoever. Um, and then. Um, Little Miss Coconut, who is also adopted, uh, and she was born deaf also. She's a white kitty. And um, she was about six months old when I got her. And um, right away when I brought her home, very outgoing, and she jumped up on the kitchen table and started eating the food that I had was eating for myself. And um, so I knew, I figured, okay, I'm just going to... I'm going to put out some canned cat food that I got from the shelter where I adopted her from and the veggie meals. And she totally ignored the commercial food and went right into the veggie meals. And she is like, I call her my little gourmet kitty because she's more willing to try and investigate anything that more so than the other ones are. She's really quite fun. So um, that's wow. Yeah. That, that's amazing. That's that's. And how old are they now? Um, Coconut um, is four. She'll actually be four um, in, in next month. And uh, Razzy is Raz is uh, five, and uh, Tomato is sixteen, and they all of them have had, you know, I brush their teeth, um, and a couple times a week each with all of them, but they never have they haven't had any health issues. I haven't had them to the vets for any types of health issues at all, and and don't forget I have two dogs who are vegetarian also, so oh fantastic yeah well I I think dogs I mean the reason I'm concentrating on cats is because I think that. There is so much information out there for dogs, and they're not obligate carnivores. Right. So I, I, I just, you know, I really want to try to help people. You know, one of the reasons why I'm doing this podcast is for myself as well, um, right. because, um, you know, I, um, I'm very interested in, and um, I just want to um, make it clear because I know that there are some sort of moral objections. People do, you know, as you know, this is a very contentious issue amongst the entire vegan community because of the, because you know we're vegan and you know we don't want to see the slaughter continue. Um, I'm abolitionist I'm opposed to the institution of pets period but we we have millions and millions of pets I mean if I could I would adopt I mean if I could spend my life caring for the, the, as many animals as I could and amongst them would be cats I don't differentiate um, some vegans refuse to adopt cats but I want to just sort of clarify like when people hear you say it took you six months to switch him first of all that shows that um, people other, other people might be giving up too soon right. myself included not right. being persistent enough and also not realizing that you need to try so many different things. But I want to make it clear that I'm getting the impression it wasn't a matter of like torturing him into it and starving him till he was like, oh, okay, I'm, I'm so miserable and hungry. I just, I'm going to eat this food that I hate or die. It was a matter of you knowing what you were dealing with. You knew that you were dealing with this junk food that was just so strong in flavor that he was absolutely addicted. Right. It took you six months of being willing to continue to feed him the meat-based products. I mean, if, if you're doing it anyway, you know, you can continue to supplement with it. You tried all different types of things to entice him, things that you saw him enjoy. And at the end result, it wasn't a matter of, of you punishing him or him being miserable in any way. It was a matter of you finding food that he enjoyed, that he loved. So it took you six months and then he were able to just get rid of the commercial food or the meat homemade meat-based food or whatever that you were feeding him. And you'd found all this variety of food 
food and that was the process that you did. It's not a matter of sort of forcing or making it a miserable experience for anybody and I think that's important for people to know as well because when I tried it with Buddha very, very short, I was in New York for a very short time, um, I, um, I was actually working seven days a week and I was in a real mess. Um, so I didn't spend the time that I that you know I have more time now where I could really try to do cook different things because you know there are some people Diane who don't even cook for themselves they don't even <laughs> yeah. eat properly let alone taking the time to go through all this to find out how to sort of feed the, the their their carnivore you know the successful mix now so that I just want that to be really clear to people I think it's a wonderful story it's an inspiring story to me and I feel like anybody who who is 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 you know, very scared because a lot, a lot of the most of the time, Diane, I know that you actually advise people who are not vegan themselves and, you know, people are saying, well, you know, what about this or what about that? Um, and I'm thinking, well, if they're not vegan themselves, it's going to be more difficult to convince them. But in my opinion, the vegans that I know and the people that I know, the reason that they're not doing it is because they genuinely do not want to hurt their cats and they don't want their cats to get sick. And that's the biggest detractor is I'm not experimenting with my cat's health. And that's why I sort of wanted to have you on so that those who, you know, so they could first of all hear the positive success story that you've had. It might be a, a way for people to actually do this. The more people who can successfully do this, the more healthy animals we're going to have. Because you're, I mean, we know how bad these commercial pet foods are, and we can talk a little bit, bit more about them. Not only that, we'll have more healthy animals. Number two, there will be less contribution to the slaughter, which is the whole thing that we're trying to end here as well. And there will be, and the final thing, which I think is the least important, is the peace of mind of the vegan will be a lot happier. Because for me, it's not about me, it's about all, all of them. So I'll do whatever they come first with regard to emotional well-being and, 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 and things like that. But it would be lovely. I mean, it, you, you know, I envy you. Um, you know, I really am inspired by your story and I'm, I'm, I'm not so scared anymore, Diane, you know, because of the things you told me. So let's talk a little bit about now that we've gotten the fact that, you know, I know that we're specifically talking about veggie cat. Now you, and I, and I remember asking you like, well, because it's like a powder and you put it in with the food, I, I mean, do they have to eat the whole thing? Does it mean, because I know that it's a very, it's been specially designed. How did he come up with the formula again? He, he designed it with a vet, correct? That's right. Right. Because, because what a lot of people have tried in the past is they just kind of put foods together and they put that, put them out there for their pets to eat. Well, you know, we, just like humans, we have to have things that are nutritionally balanced in order to support our bodies um, and uh, and our health processes. And the same thing with our pets. So it's really, really important that what we feed our animals is nutritionally based and 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 it it um, meets the requirements for that specific species. So um, you know you have to be able to. Um, James came up with this vet, and he he designed recipes that are balanced with the use of incorporating in those recipes that was tomato <laughs> um, uh, the 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 veggie cat supplements so they're all very um, nutritionally balanced for that animal and you know basically what I do uh, my animals love the, the veggie I mean I wish I could have a video and tape it and send you to see you what I what I go through when I make their meals because they're all three on the counters. They're eating the food as I'm trying to put it together and mix it up and put it into these big batches. And um, they literally, I call it, they're, you know, they're helping me in their own way, but they're eating the stuff that I'm trying to put together before I can get it all together. And, you know, when it's time for the meals, I mean, they're, they're literally meowing and, you know, running around the kitchen and can't wait to eat the, this veggie food. And it's it's so satisfying to know that I am, I'm giving them foods that are nutritionally balanced for them. They enjoy. They're obviously, you know, they're like so healthy because of it. And I, and I'm not contributing to the suffering of these these animals anymore. And and the biggest thing is that people have to get over the fear base because you know, pet food commercial pet food industry is is multi million dollar profits, and and they're using the you know the us and our pets to make these profits and it's it's really it's really sad and you know uh the vets when they go to school most people don't understand and same thing with human doctors is they basically get like two weeks of nutritional training and that two weeks comes from a pet food company that comes in to teach them about their products and then when they get out of vet school and they open up their own practices 
these pet food companies um, have signed uh, contracts with them so they would carry their food. And of course, it's just like the drug industry. Then they get you know their po pockets well padded by you know carrying their food. Um, so it's it's a it's a real shame because you know it's like you're, the vets are in the supposed supposedly are in the business to helping our animals be healthy. But but how can that possibly be when we see our animals over the years since commercial pet food has come into existence that they've been nothing but horribly sick and more sick over the years and we've, we're spending thousands and thousands of dollars on on uh, you know healthcare for our animals um, so you know it, it we need not to go go about it with a fear we need to go about it and instill in ourselves and our animals with the intention that this is a wonderful way to feed our animals that will help them stay healthier and live longer and and be with us uh you know and share their lives with us in a more uh happier uh, healthier way and uh, i just i just try to tell people that you know stop stop playing into the fear base of what everybody tells us you know we have to have car insurance we have to have health insurance the preachers tell us we're going to go to hell if we don't do this and you know the the pet food companies tell us our animals are going to die if we don't give them this and you know and when people come up to me and say well how can you feed these animals um vegetables when they are um carnivores and i and i tell them because if they only knew what was in the commercial pet foods they would see and understand that that is not what they're feeding their animals it's not what nature intended them to eat and we'll go into that later but um, but you know when you can feed anybody who a, a human species or an animal species a food product that is nutritionally balanced for them then they're going to thrive and and it, there's just no two ways around it you know you're meeting their requirements in some form yeah that, thank you. That that's what I wanted to, and I'm glad you mentioned that because a lot of people are are they know they're not going to get any support, and I, I'm glad you you are sort of preempted my. That was what I was going to talk about next, and you've already you've already taken care of that. People say you know they're not going to get any support from their vets about this. So so one of the most important things I want people to to remember is you is is that you, what you said to me when we first talked, and what you've sort of just said now. The veggie cat um, food is a very carefully designed food that meets the requirements for the carnivores. You need to follow the recipes provided. The other things you were talking about were like the pureed um, squash and things like that are just they're they're beneficial and they're healthy. But they the the thing that meets the requirement is this food that's been designed using the protein recipes that James has provided. And there's different types. Um, you said your favorite one was the chickpea tofu one, correct? That's correct. Uh huh. Okay. So people need to know that we're saying. These recipes are nutritionally balanced to meet the needs of the cats, um, according to a vet that James that James um, um, provided them with. So you can't be messing around with that. That's no, important. No. Number two, the yeah, and the vets aren't supporting um, us because they have not actually even been educated that this is um, a good thing to do, and um, that they they've been educated about these other cat foods, which are just um, are, you know are pretty atrocious. And you know we're getting diabetes, and cats are getting um, kidney problems, and all these terrible oh, things are happening to them. So heart disease. Yeah. Everything else, but you know, we have to yeah. remember the reason the pet, the vets, they may be, you know, they may know about it and they ha may have a little bit of a knowledge about vet, about these meals and what's going on. But the bottom line is they don't want to push it because they're not getting any money off of it. You know, they're not making a profit, and that's what they're all about is making a profit. So um, that's what people need to understand, and uh, you know that, and it's really sad. It's very very sad that that's that's what it's all all based on is whether or not they're going to get a profit from it. Yep, um, I uh, this is um, the the world astonishes me with with um, the more I find out about um, I think it's called capitalism or whatever it just it makes me very 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 sad. But um, I wanted to go I wanted to go back to um, there was something that you had mentioned about um, oh right. So what I wanted to say was first of all um, I would love it. I, I see that we've got this web, we've got this information here. We, I'll put some links up about meat-based commercial diets. I'll put some links up to um, the vet who helped. Um, and I know the vet is not is the vet himself is not vegan, correct? The one who helped James Peden design the food. Oh, oh yes, he is. Oh, he is. Oh, fantastic. Yes. Oh my God, a vegan vet. Oh, a vegan vet. Oh, yep. my dream, my dream, my dream. Yep. Okay. And, we and, need we need more vegan vets. Exactly. And Elizabeth, I wanted to tell you that that recipe, the the garbanzo bean tofu recipe, is not my favorite. It's it's 
the cat's favorite. Right. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Exactly. Thank you. And you said also one of the things that you made was you made your own veggie broth um, because you have to make your own because cats cannot have onions. Um, and most commercial veggie broths, because we enjoy them, have onions in them. And that was something that you also said enticed um, enticed tomato to, right. to come and um, try the food as well. So I think that, you know, that that's another thing that people do, you know, need to realize is the fact, you know, I think that, that was really inspiring to me because six months that just shows that you know even if it takes two years it can still it can still happen can you just um I have the recipes from James website one of the things I wanted to ask you was when he talks about the there's a certain type of tofu he talks about and I think it's calcium sulfate yes do you know what I'm talking about can you can, can you sort of that always was something because I like I said I very briefly did it in New York it was right before I left New York that I even went vegan myself right right and I didn't even find out about the option of of this cat food until right before I left and everything was crazy I mean I was just insane and then when I got to New Zealand we don't have veggie cat here so and um, we have this other kibble and it did not it was very it did not work it was not good at all um so um you know I try not to make people feel bad about not feeding their cats um, a vegetarian diet either because I'm one of them anyway at the moment I mean I'd love to change that so this is not about that it's not about condemning people it's about being be giving positive information allowing people to make an informed decision letting them know that there is actually this great food out there it just takes you know you we, we take so much care to cook a variety of meals for ourselves and we take so much care to try all different types of nutritions and things like that I don't see anything wrong in fact I think that it is a wonderful opportunity for us to pr- give that obligation to the animals in our care as well, especially if it is helping them and especially if you're not contributing to the slaughter industry and not only that, the commercial diets are very terrifying when you get under the surface of them and I know a lot of people listening are aware of that um, I also know a lot of people listening are probably going even further out of the way than most people and are going to the butchers getting meat um, or doing something and making homemade um, cat foods and doing you know the best that they can and like I say I'm not trying to push anybody um, I'm very careful about that but I just want us to have this positive experience day and you know because your story is so positive and you can tell when you're talking that you really you know that this is a wonderful thing you've seen it with your own three cats uh, tomato's now 16 years old yeah i mean any other cat with those terrible urinary problems fed commercial food i would suggest that he would probably be a very sick cat by now uh, if not i'm dead. yeah and i and i know for a fact he would not have lived as long as he's lived um without a doubt and so i'm 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 just thrilled but you know i i I, I too, my biggest thing is that I want people to realize that the, you know, extreme suffering of of the animals that that are put to slaughter and what they have to go through um, is just is is nothing. Is something I just can't be a part of. Um, uh, I, you know, if people really understood all that was happening in the slaughterhouses and what these animals have to go through, if they could just see it, uh, you know. They would never do, you know, they'd stop feeding this, that stuff to their, you know, commercial pet food to their animals. It's just. Well, we are talking, well, we're talking to, like, a lot of my audience are vegans who know that. They know exactly. So there's anguish involved on a daily basis when they are buying this stuff. I'm one of them because I tried with this other stuff. But you see, the thing is, um, they are scared of hurting their because they have this they have this this cat that is living with them who is their direct responsibility who's also a victim of all of this who is completely vulnerable and completely dependent on them but um it would be so lovely because what i keep saying about this issue is we need more vegans we need more vegans and i mean humans right right because that will create more of a demand that will create more awareness there will be more people who want to to feed their cats a nutritionally balanced non-meat based diet successfully even the carnivores we can educate each other there will be start to be more awareness of the fact that this can be done and one of the things that i really want people want to happen is that just like with human beings the american dietetic association and the canadian dietetic association has recognized fully and officially that a balanced vegan diet for humans, I mean, this is how far behind we are, Diane. I mean, they've only just recognized it for humans, right? Right. Let alone dogs and, and, you know, um, and they officially recognize that it is a valid and not only is it valid, it is a healthy diet. That is now official. It's in black and white. These companies recommend it. These are not vegan companies and these are companies who also promote animal consumption as having health benefits. But this is a fact. I want that 
for this having having a way of being recognized that and and of being acknowledged like um if it's done correctly that it is a valid nutritionally based diet for animals even like recognized so that you don't encounter this negativity from the veterinarian because if 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 a vet like we have a vegan vet who's doing it but if we can get this if we can get more and more vegan successfully doing this and learning and sharing their experiences and then we can create a base of people who are have thousands of examples we can't be ignored anymore it can be recognized officially doesn't mean that other people are going to do it but at least there will no longer be this detraction about it and this sort of like it's a bad thing to do which is really what is out there especially as you know like it used to be like that for humans i mean right. you feed your baby a vegan diet and you're a bad mother right exactly. but now you can't say you can't say that anymore right you can't say that anymore even if you're not vegan doctor, you can't say that anymore. Right, exactly. And that's what I want to Right, see. And, and I yeah. mean, my, you know, my pets are the living proof because you can see, see how healthy they are. And people are amazed. Um, and it's, it's, you know, and then after a while, once you have animals switched over to these, to these wonderful homemade veggie meals, you know, then you start really uh, seeing the other animals who are not healthy. And, and it, it, it's, in, in some ways, you know, I, 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 I try to get the word out as much as I can to people. And, and uh, you know, most of the time I, people think I'm crazy. Um, but but uh, I still try the best I can. But it just breaks my heart when I see um, these, especially these cats. The cats seem to suffer so much more than the dogs do um, because they have a more sensitive system uh, than the dogs do because dogs basically in the wild can eat pretty much foods that already are kind of decomposing and you know their stomachs and digestive system can deal with kind of stuff but cats can't and um, and it's it really is disturbing to me when I see m- these clients um, that have cats that are so unhealthy and so overweight and are so on so many types of medications and so many types of special food and this and that and that and it's just heartbreaking and um, if only I could just say God if only you would just try and and if people could just instead of fearing that oh my God my cat's not going to eat this or it's not eating this and what am I going to do and you just try a little harder you just keep pushing it because in the long run after it's all done and finished and the cat is loving these homemade meals and trying all these great things that you you know come out I mean I can't even hardly keep my cats off the kitchen counter anymore. It's- hysterical because there's no there's no uh meals in our house that doesn't don't include the animals sitting you know either right behind your chair or you know halfway on the kitchen table or on the counter i mean that's just the way it is because because i have allowed them to be so much of the process of everything that i eat and everything that i make and put together and and it's so much fun and enjoyment to everybody that it's kind of crazy and people who come over who aren't used to that they're just like wow this, this crazy woman's letting their cats just eat off her plate and you know off the counter and you know, it's just like but it's you know it's wonderful i and i and i won't change that um, and, and, you know, we're happy that their, their whole attitude is different, their energy level, they're bright, they're shiny, you know, they don't have the, um, you know, the, they don't have constipation or diarrhea, uh, they don't have, you know, uh, bad breath, bad teeth, you know, I mean, they're just like, you know, their, their whole essence of their health is so beautiful. It's just absolutely, absolutely amazing. And people, you know, as long as they can know and be, uh, uh, you know, um, uh, assured that what they're giving their animals is nutritionally balanced, there should be no fear involved. Yep. And, and, when you, Good point. and when you fear that, you're transferring that fear to your animals because they're in our environment and they're picking up that fear. Um, so we make it harder for them when we are putting out this fear of what we uh, think that is going to happen to them. But that takes that all away when we can give them balanced um, requirements to what they're, they're, they need for their, their individual species. Um, and just for a moment, Absolutely. I, I just want to go back really quick when you were talking about the tofu, so I don't forget. Um, you want to get the, the tofu that's calcium sulfate, not the ones that have the nijari or the calcium salts in it, because those are higher in magze- magnesium and do cause problems with the urinary tract um, issues in cats that either already have it or are prone to have it. So does it say calcium sulfate on the tofu packet? Right. Or it says, yeah. or what would it say if it didn't have that? It would say It would say that else? nijari, which is N-I-G-A-R-I, or calcium 
salts. So we want it's calcium sulfate, not the other. Two. Okay. Yeah. And that's and that's clearly in the recipes recommended. Yes. Um, I think I still have the copies of of the recipes. Now, um, one of the things. Um, so it is also good to be aware, though, and I think that this is also useful information of what cats are, aren't allowed to eat because if they're up there eating your vegetarian onion lentil dish, you you need them to not eat that. So it's also necessary once they are sort of trying different things because they will eat things that are bad for them and, and themselves and not know it. So there are certain foods, certain vegetables that we have to be careful of. And is, is onion pretty much the only one? Are we talking scallions? Are we talking onions? And are we talking leeks? Are we talking the whole onion family? The whole onion family, right? And and because because I don't like onions, I don't have to worry about that. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, people who eat onions need to be aware of that. It's it's very real, correct? Absolutely. It's, it's, it's not something. Right. Yeah. Okay. So that's something to keep 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 in keep in mind. Um, so thank you for talking about the um, the um, calcium um, the the calcium sulfate. So just to reiterate, um, we're talking about Veggie Cat. It is um, a uh, there are detailed recipes that need to be followed. Now, one of the things that I no, are getting back to this whole um, this whole issue of, of of going through the process of switching, and it might even take up to a year. I mean. At this point, we don't we don't know for the individual, especially if the cat is ten years old and they've been eating this sort of junk food for ten years. When you're switching and you know that they need to eat this, they need to be nutritionally balanced. Um, and there's like a certain amount of food that you make, and it's a recommended by weight. You have to do you have to worry too much if they're only eating say a third of of the of the the vegan food that you've made, and then say a quarter of the meat, and then you're like, I'm thinking, oh, but they haven't eaten the full requirement. They're not getting their full requirement for that meal of the you know of the of the vegetable uh, recipe and right. and um, are they missing out on their taurine and their their vitamin A processes or what I mean I don't know the science but I right. know there's, there's these certain things so what what kind of you know do you have advice for that so to avoid anxiety to avoid doubt and to avoid giving up um, I, I tell people that it's always better if you um, puree the the both types of foods together the old and the new so that they ah. so they can't do that you don't in other words you don't want to put um, you know a little bit of the new food in the bowl on one side and the old food on the other side or just barely mix it together but if you really mix it together and and if you can puree it um, then that's even better and then you know especially if you have an older cat you want to go slower so you want to add a you know a very small amount of the new food and make sure that whatever amount of the new food you put in, you take out of the old food. And then eventually over several days and weeks, you'll replace the old with the new more and more and more until you have nothing but the new food in there. So it, it has to be done in such a way that because if you if you put if you don't mix it up and you give them the option, of course, they're going to go continually go back to the old food. Um, and and so and yes, they are. If you if you decide to just go raw meat and then you put the veggie meal in there um, and then they just eat the raw meat, no, they're not getting what they need. Um, so you, you need to make it in a way that they are going to get what they need. So you've got to really mix it in well. And then also when you do mix in vegetables as a, like a nice flavor topping, um, you want to make sure that you also um, puree your vegetables because animals, when they, in the wild, when they um, catch prey, they eat the um, pre-digested um, foods that that prey has already eaten, and a lot of times those are vegetable-based. So the the cellulite in the food is is um, is already broken down. So when you when you process in a food processor the vegetables, you're already starting to break down the um, the food, the fiber in those vegetables for them, so it's easier for them to digest. Because a lot of times, if you if you steam whole corn, um, or you um, cut up some uh, uh, very small pieces of like um, uh, zucchini or something, um, and they eat it, a lot of times it'll come right out the other end whole. It won't. Oh, it won't. Okay. Get, yeah, it won't get. Um, metabolized into their body won't get digested properly so you want to make sure that's really important that you that you um, break that down for them um, uh, so that they can their bodies can utilize it properly um, uh, but but other than that you know and and mixing it really well together putting in finding things that they like um, to enhance it and make it more fun and then just make the whole process very positive um, don't say oh god they didn't they just turned their nose up and walked away well you know don't say oh god this isn't working my cat's not gonna eat this um, instead say wow um, 
for, for like terracins, tomato. Tomato, this is really great. You know, this is going to be such a good new change for you. You're, it's going to help you stay healthier. Um, we're going to be happier. And you just keep it up, upbeat and positive. And if they don't want to eat it right away, put it back, you know, you know, put it in a container, put it in your fridge, you know, a little bit later, put it out again. And maybe this time, you know, add a little bit of um, warm water to it or hot water, just a little bit. Warm water seems to make things more palatable, especially for kitties. And, um, and they seem to be more interested in it when it's warm. And very well, I think the smell would come up, wouldn't it? Because it would right. sort of create a steam. Exactly. Yeah. The smell comes up a little bit more. Um, and so, uh, uh, and you can add um, some different like um, oils to their food also. Um, I tend to like oils like um, the uh, sapphire oil or canola oil or olive oil. But then again, you also want to be really careful that those oils don't get rancid. So um, uh. you want to be careful with that. So you want to make sure that I always tell people buy small bottles of those oils and make sure it's used, you know, up pretty quickly and um, don't allow it to get too warm. But, um, you know, those things because cats like oil and make sure that the oils that you use are, are types that aren't um, like a lot of people like flaxseed oil, but Flaxseed oil goes rancid very, very easily, um, more so than almost any oil that's out there. And I also add flaxseed to their to their meals because it's really a good um, um, oil for them. And uh, I always tell people to get the seed and not the ground meal because that also go, goes rancid very quickly. So you grind it as you need it. Um, and uh, and and very good to add. And it has like a kind of a nutty flavor to it, but you only need a tiny bit for the cats, maybe a eighth of a quarter of a teaspoon. Um, that's about it. Um, and yeah, so uh, you try all different things with them that's healthy and, um, and you'll be surprised what you come up with. And it's um, pretty amazing. I have a list of what, who likes what and, and uh, they, um, coconut actually even likes steamed um, asparagus and uh, Brussels sprouts. <laughs> <laughs> what a great kitty. It's like a dream come true for any parent. Right, exactly. <laughs> I know. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, so um, I'm very, very, very pleased. I think that you have, we've really provided, I know we haven't talked much about the commercial um, diets. We can talk a little bit about those. Um, uh, but I just want to say, you know, I want to reiterate, it took you six months with Tomato. He was only a year old. So that's something to keep aware of. And right. Another thing, oh, I know what I wanted to say. You, I need this. I think this is really important. You mentioned to me about how some people have said, well, the cat, the cat stools get really soft. And you said, well, in real life, they don't have Tootsie Roll. Well, people in New Zealand don't know what a Tootsie Roll is. But, yeah, talk a little about that. Um, uh, <laughs> because, it, you know, in their natural um, environment, cats cats don't have – they don't get constipated and they don't have um, stools that are so hard that you can actually see the indentations in it from where it sat in their intestinal tract. And so, um, and, and we call them Tootsie Rolls, but um, it's a candy here in the U.S. But um, anytime you change the, um, the fauna and flora of the digestive tract in, an, in a, any animal, and humans are animals too, um, you're going to have a change or a diet, you know, where you're going to have constipation or diarrhea, or you're just going to have a little bit of, of a change because you're introducing different bacteria, um, good bacteria, hopefully, and, um, and different um, elements that your body hasn't been used to, especially people who have fed their cats the same commercial pet food for years and years and years and years, and they've never given them any variations. So anything that you change is going to cause an upset. And that is usually sometimes when you first switch them over, you might see a little bit of more soft stools, may even go to a little bit of diarrhea as the body is is changing. And then sometimes as the as the days and the years and go on, they may go through what we call a detox period off and on to where the body starts eliminating, accumulating toxins in their bodies from all the commercial pet foods that they've been fed for many years. So that's nothing to be feared unless it goes on for several days. Um, okay. we, we, we don't, that is a natural process in the body. So, um, 
But generally, the vegetarian cats will have softer stools than the commercial cat food it, cats. They won't have these Tootsie Roll stools. They won't have diarrhea. We're not saying right. that diarrhea is good, right. but we're saying the stools will be softer right. because that's more close to what the type of stools they should be having anyway. Right. This Tootsie Roll stool is not a good look. That's <laughs> right. Exactly. That's right. Right. And um, okay. uh, and so, uh, as you can well imagine, it's e- it's easier for them to process that and pass it and um, you know, eliminate it. So, and the other thing too, is that we want to remember that, um, and a lot of times humans tend to think that if you have a fever or if you have diarrhea, you know, it's the body's way of, of eliminating poisons and toxins out of your system. So you don't want to, you don't want to plug that into your body because if you plug it up, that all of those poisons and toxins are going to be absorbed in your body and into the organs of your body. So you're holding on to that. So anytime an animal or a person has diarrhea, um, you or is vomiting, you don't want to take something to stop that. You want the body to go through that cleansing process. And and um, uh, Dr. Uh, Andrew Knight, um, on the website that you're going to um, have on the link is uh, uh, it, on your website is going to. He has studies showing um, that these animals uh, of different ages that have been switched over to the vegetarian um, food diets and and there's and still the um, the the health benefits that has uh, come about to them even at a later age is still makes it well worth the effort of trying to get them switched over. Um, and that, that sh- he does have those um, tests, you know, those um, uh, studies on his website. Fantastic. So this is Andrew Knight. He's a vegan and he is the veterinarian who helped James Peden come up with the nutritional f- formula that is in VeggieCat and the recipes that are provided on the VeggieCat website. Is that correct? Yes. Uh-huh. Yes. Okay. Wonderful. Um, so I'm not going, I don't want to go too far into the, to the commercial based diets. I want people to read this link that I'm going to put. Right. Um, because like I said, I think a lot of people that are listening to this don't just go out and buy the cheapest commercial um, diets. They, they, like myself, they might think they're buying something that's non byproduct free or free range and doesn't have these things. But even those contain things that we're not aware of. And of course, I said, I, I am a very aware and I actually have colleagues who go out of their way to make their own homemade meat food, no matter how distressing it is for them they don't put themselves you know they obviously put put the cats first and they're not feeding the cats a commercial pet food but this is for people just generally to know just how bad it is because before we started recording you told me a couple of things that opened my eyes so um so i know that byproducts in the u.s actually do include um is it true that they include cats and dogs yes it is yes so that's this is this uh, Cats and dogs that have been, you know, killed at shelters are ground up and put into into cat food. And, I, I mean, I don't know how many people use flea collars these days, but I believe that if there's flea collars in there, they're getting ground up too. Yes, yes. And then you have to remember, too, that, that, that the animals, um, the, the, um, the fluid that they use to euthanize them is also in their systems and ground up and put into that and um, yeah, a lot of people don't realize that, and um, you know, it's uh, it's a well um, documented. And if you go into onto any shelter website and you go into departments, um, you'll see something that's called rendering pickups, and that's exactly what that is. And a lot of the vets, yeah, and this is you can ask byproducts, yeah, right? Right. This is byproducts, right? And yeah. your your vets, you know, they'll hesitate, but you can ask them, and they'll reluctantly tell you that yes, that does go on. Um, and so this isn't anything that is, um, you know, fabricated. It is actually very true. So. I don't know if it happens in New Zealand, but I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised. I don't know, but um, this is a fact, and 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 uh, in America and possibly many countries and so that's something to be aware of when I, I learned that I think it was on the film Earthlings I think was where I first saw that and then again even if you're not talking about um, ground up um, you know um, killed uh, dogs and cats uh, with flea collars and, and when you're talking about byproducts you're talking about the um, sort of the poison and the terrible products alone and another thing you mentioned was meal um, which sounds harmless um, yeah on um, on Dr. Uh, Andrew Knight's website he talks about that it's um, called uh, Digest and um, you know it's it's what they it's it's an unpalatable ingredient that they put in commercial pet food 
of course, unfit for human consumption. But um, it's it's um, you know it's a, a meat bait commercial rendered. It's um, it, it's it's actually the entrails of mostly chickens. But uh, yes, it always is chicken meal, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, and um, and it's actually rendered uh, quite delicious to dogs and cats, and um, it's actually one of the reasons why the dogs and cats get addicted to the foods because it, it they do that purposely so they'll eat it, and it's really um, that's what that's that's what makes being able to transition our animals over to a different food, making it so difficult because of that. So that's why, you know, you, we really need a lot of patience and, and persistence when we make those dietary changes because of the things that they've put in their food to make them so addicted um, that they don't want anything else. And so when people go out and buy these commercial foods and they feed them to their pets and they think, oh my God, my animal just loves this stuff and they just eat it with, you know, um, such you know great enthusiasm and then when i try to switch them to something else they have they don't they, they don't want anything to do with it well that's because of the the stuff that they put in right it's so addictive so and you've and you've already talked about that you you just tried a variety of very flavorsome you tried with the heating you tried with the vegetable broth which is also hot and very smelly smells good and you drop drip a little bit of that on and james also has a lot of suggestions on the recipes um so i mean would you be just like a human kid who just didn't want to eat and you just have to try to get them to eat and um in a positive in a positive loving way and being aware that you are doing um a you're feeding nutritional requirements um, and and with all this really positive information, I think that people who are thinking about this issue, who are already in the process or who perhaps live in a country where there is no veggie cat can maybe pull together with other people and, um, you know, do an order, you know, maybe get it shipped out. And then, like I say, the more vegans we have, I mean, I'm very much involved in vegan education for humans. I'm doing this podcast because I am a cat owner, um, and I hate calling myself an owner. I like to say caretaker or, you know, these are refugees, but legally I am their owner because they are property. And, you know, and I have other friends who are, who are also um, take care of cats who are vegan. And, you know, this is, and I mean, I'm sure you know, I mean, there's all kinds of, um, you know, it's terrible. It's a terrible situation that we're in. And, you know, the more positive information we can get out there and the more vegans we have, there will be more people who care about animals, all animals, not just their cats, who want to create the this positive environment and the bottom line is the more people who can be educated about how really bad the commercial foods are and how they're hurting the animals they love i mean these are people who are not vegan who maybe they don't take chickens into consideration but they do love their cats they do consider them members of their family they're devastated when they get sick they're devastated when they have to be taken to the vet and put on medicine or they have kidney stones or they have all these things you know so it's just positive all around so i think you know we're trying to create an awareness globally about the personhood of animals you know the, the pets that we own and the animals that are being fed to them so I, I really hope that people listen to this podcast with like an open mind and they they, they take um, whatever good they can out of it. They they do as much as they can or, or want to to put into practice. And I, like I say, I, I in no way condemn, I'm not condemning um, vegan cat, um, you know, pe people who are vegan who, have, who take care of cats. Somebody needs to take care of them. I would much rather that somebody who took animal interest seriously was taking care of a, of a, car, of a feline than someone who really doesn't. Um, so that, that was the reason why I, I'm so glad that I got in touch with you and that we did this podcast. Now, um, how do people contact you? If, I mean, I, I don't want to inundate you. I don't know how many people are, but, you know, if anybody wants to advise or, or maybe to, to write to you, um, I know that they can go on the Veggie Cat website. But is there a way, I mean, do you mind, like, if people email you? No, absolutely not. No, absolutely not. The, um, so they can they can reach me through my company, which is called Lead With Your Heart. And my email address is um, leadwithyourheart at msn.com. And um, my website is also um, www.leadwithyourheart.net. And um, I do also consultations. And um, if anybody wants, uh, you know, um, to call me and, and set up an appointment for any types, anything that has to do with the vegetarian meals for cats and dogs, um, and uh, more than happy to uh, 
work with them and help them switch over. It's it's my dream to be able to, like yours, to get this information out as much as we can. And uh, like you said, the more people that we can make vegan, the the better the every the whole world is going to be. And world, it, the I, whole world. <laughs> I, I'm sure you too, but you know if if we could just if everybody could just become vegan, we could we could absolutely 100% cure so much of the world's problems and issues. I totally and utterly am 100% agree with you there and I have did you know I am very much an advocate for veganism and I am learning um, a lot about myself I'm a late vegan you've been vegan for now for what is it 20 years or right. something like that <laughs> or longer I can't remember you told me how long it was right um, I'm a new vegan Diane I mean I only I call it to me it was like an awakening it was like waking up from a big from being asleep um, and that's not to insult people who are not vegan that's just the way I viewed myself I view myself as being asleep and I view myself now as being awake and aware and um, I've only been vegan for a very short amount of time and even in the first few months of doing research because I wanted to be vegan. And so I said, well, I need to learn how. I need to learn how to cook because I've only ever been taught how to cook using animals. I need to learn what shoes to buy because I've only really ever bought shoes made out of the skin of somebody. So it's a learning process. And in that learning process, you also learn about the environmental issues and you learn about the health issues and you're just like oh my gosh there's just so many one you know reasons i mean personally whether it made no difference to the environment and whether it made no difference to to health i would still be vegan and i would still be advocating for veganism because i think it's wrong to to use animals as resources and that sentient beings are being um you know use but bottom line is it is an unbelievably um, positive impact on the environment if we were to go vegan and the positive impact on health for you know like you say um, com um, animals that we're caring for and um, uh, ourselves so it, I'm very much uh, into vegan education so that that's what this is all about that's what this show is all about that's what I try to do in my life I'm still learning um, you know I'm still a new vegan so I, I don't have my facts straight all the time that's why I really appreciate Appreciate people like you, who are who've been vegan for a long, long time, and not only that, you're working with uh, refugees, as I call them, you know, cats and dogs, and so you know, you are our, you know, you are who we look to for help, you know, the new vegans. So I'm just, and you are people like yourself are always so willing to be available and you know because you truly care it's not about self-interest and I think that that's also the thing about veganism that's going to change the world and get away from this capital capitalist mindset and this profit-making mindset because you change your perception of what is important and it's no longer about you you, you know you, you you realize that 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 being good to others is means being good to yourself and to your exactly. family and to your children so exactly. it's, it's just a wonderful you know it's the best thing I ever did I'm meeting people like you and like if I like if I ever go over to you know the states and I'm ever in Colorado I want to come over to your house and meet everybody you know and we can all cook together and you know things like that so yep, it's just um, you definitely have a place to stay <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much Diane and thank you so much for coming on and for sharing your experiences for being so positive so full of energy and um, you know I really really appreciate it and I just want to say that maybe further down the line we can do this again oh, um, yeah. you know yeah we can we can talk about these things more um, as more and more people go vegan and more and more people are interested in, in, in learning about this for their cats and like vegan dogs as far as I'm concerned now I know there's a little issue with um, um, greyhounds but it's generally vegan dogs are easy I mean they just they're, they're very very easy so I, that's why I'm concentrating on the cats here so yeah I would love to have you back further down the line when things develop and there are more vegans and more people what you know interested about this stuff and I will definitely keep you posted on how things are going with me Buddha and Jebby that'd be great yeah and you know <laughs> I just wanted to say too that that uh you know I I I really believe that in order for us to really become more spiritually involved that uh we can't do that and can't even say that we can do that until we stop harming other species on this planet um, and, and until we can put that aside and, and treat them as as um, side by side as as uh, equals um, uh, and and stop using them uh, and exploiting them, then then our spiritual growth will never um, will never get 
to the point where um, it will it will it'll keep this from happening. Um, so when when I especially when I when I talk about other and hear about other spiritual leaders and then um, I find out that they're not vegan, you have to really ponder about where they are going spiritually and and how can they really conduct um, and teach others when when they're still abusing these um, other species that live with us on planet earth yes i hear you i hear you very very loud and clear and um you've you've hit the nail right on the head there so thank goodness you know that um you know we're we're making this happen it's going to happen i fully believe that we are seeing a, a shift and um you know this is just the beginning you know all we can do is just keep doing it there are more and more people day and i assure you i do believe and i believe in the future generations in new zealand that we're a small group they're all young people 14 years old 16 years old um 17 22 you know um they are the future and um they are turning on to this stuff and we just got to keep doing it and they will continue to turn on to to turn on to it so i think that i i mean i haven't been around in this sort of doing this for very long but i'm already feeling that things are happening but even if they you know no matter what I'm going to keep doing it because it's the right thing to do and I'm sure you already agree with that but yes I believe that you're absolutely right about the spiritual leaders and um, and um, we actually do reach out to them um, at my, my community of people we reach out to them we'll, we'll text we'll twitter the Dalai Lama you know people are twittering him excuse me have you ever considered you know veganism you talk about peace you talk about nonviolence, and you know we're trying to help them to make the connection because they are very well known spiritual leaders so um, yeah I think that's you're absolutely right about that Diane well I'll let you go I know it's late over there it's like 11 o'clock or midnight and I'm sure tomato and, and um, coconut and um <laughs> You haven't told me your dog's name um, or your rabbit. Oh yeah, rabbit is uh, he's flower, and um, and then the, I have a little pomeranian that I rescued, and all my animals are rescues, and um, she that's Sadira, and uh, my latest rescue is a golden retriever um, named Rusty. Oh well. I'm sure your house is full of light and love and um, even if I don't make it to America we will definitely continue to be in touch and I'll keep you posted on developments in New Zealand as well and um, if you're ever in this part of the world you know you have a, a, a welcome place to stay as well oh, great thank you okay thank you so much Diane thank you so much for inviting me it's so wonderful and I can get this information out thank you thank you it was an absolute pleasure I'll talk to you again soon okay bye-bye bye-bye <laughs> 